0: Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So how many of you were here last week at, a, at for our life group session? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you weren't here last week? Okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll fill you in real quick. And, and today's message is gonna be based off of that. That was kind of really kicking off today's message. So last week, we broke up in life groups like we did in the past, um, but this time it was really just a, a Q&A amongst everybody in the group. And it was simple stuff like, who's your parents? What's your full name? And, and you know, what's your most embarrassing memory? We had a couple of good embarrassing memories. If you missed it, it was pretty good. Um, I won't share any of those today, but maybe next time. Um, and all of that, you know, th- that can be kind of silly and, man, why are we doing this? And But Sometimes those simple questions provoke tons of conversation, and all that conversation builds what I'm going to be talking about today. That's community. So today, that's going to be what we're talking about, community. Um, You know, several words can be used to describe community. Um, The church calls it fellowship. Athletes call it a team. Other groups call it brotherhood or sisterhood. Y'all have heard of these terms before. Um, I like this word called camaraderie. And so if you haven't heard uh, a definition on community or camaraderie, here we go. So community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. All right. Now, I like camaraderie because to me it, it just speaks a whole lot more about what I value in community. And that's this, a feeling of trust, a bond created by a shared goal or experience. This is in the definition. you don't have to be best friends with everyone in the group to know that you have their support. thought that was pretty cool that Webster threw that in there so now we can define community and camaraderie and and really understand what that is we can We can comprehend what that is, but just because we understand what it is doesn't mean we have it right and so it's super important, and I want to see that just developed to a whole nother height in our youth group, so that's why I'm preaching on it so. Um, you know, just because there's a bunch of football players on a on a team, that doesn't make them a team. How many of you are familiar with um let's say the Ly- the Detroit Lions 5 years ago? I know that's not captivating a huge audience here. Let me let me fill you in. The Detroit Lions 5 years ago went like 0 and 13 or 0 and 14. They were, they were horrible. Now, they're a football team, but I really wouldn't call them a team at that point. They'd make careless mistakes. They didn't really know each other. They didn't have what it, what it really represents to be a team, right? So a Super Bowl winning team, that's a team. They overcome things together. Um, they persevere through tons of stuff, and they, and they grow as a team. So again, just because people are in a group doesn't make them a team. Um, community has to be developed. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a lot of work and commitment, but it's well worth it. So like I said, today we're going to talk about uh, why we need community, if we're not careful, how we can kill community, and how we can build it. Cool? All right. Um, so I'm going to start this story off with last week when we did those interviews. I'm going to tell you where I got that from. Um, I know I mentioned that last week, but in more depth and, and how how effective that can be if we implement that a little bit deeper, okay? So um, y'all know that I was in a fraternity. I've mentioned that a couple of times preaching. Um And, you know, when I was there, there was about 150 people in, in the, the active, what they call the active chapter. Um Out of 150 people, they had tons of different religions. They had tons of different people from different places. I mean, you had people from this country you had people from this state other states other countries people that barely spoke english it was just a crazy mix of people um we didn't really have a whole lot in common but in a matter of 10 weeks um we built a solid brotherhood it was it was pretty crazy now i never would have thought that you know you hear about brotherhood and all that you think that's kind of silly and and of all the stereotypes that they have in in fraternities most of them are true but one thing that they do produce, at least in the one I was in, was camaraderie and brotherhood. Um, and this is how, this is one of the ways and probably the most effective way that that happened. So we had 10 weeks, okay? In 10 weeks, every week, this is what we had to do as, as, a, as a pledge. This is what you had to do in a 10-week process. Every week, you had to interview 10 current members, they were called actives, and two alumni. So that's 12 people you had to interview every week. Um, Each interview took a minimum of two hours. Okay? Each interview had 25 or more questions to it. And it wasn't just ask a question to give an answer. It's ask a question, hey, what's your name? Why is that your name? Sometimes you find out somebody's dad... Uh, or somebody's mom was was pregnant for them when their dad died in in war. I mean, it can get deep, just a name, you know, and you, wow, I didn't know that about you, you know, and so, uh, so that can get really deep. That 10-week process averaged um, over 250 hours, 250 hours of one-on-one conversation with people. Questions ranged from parents' names to happiest memory to saddest memory, you know, uh, proudest accomplishments. To your biggest upset. Uh, we discussed each other's highest highs and lowest lows. And so there's a lot of vulnerability there, but you know a lot about each other in a really short amount of time. And by the end of 10 weeks, I could walk into a room of 150 people and they knew everything about me and I knew everything about them. Isn't that crazy? That's kind of crazy. Like That's not something I thought I was signing up for. But And, and, and honestly, it made me a little... Made me a little skittish at first. Um, so what am I getting at? If, if a fraternity made mostly of non-Christian or non-practicing Christians, um, it's made up of mostly non-practicing Christians, if they can form this brotherhood and this bond and camaraderie, how much more so should the church be doing that? Does that make sense? So I think that the church should be leading people. In, in camaraderie, and in brotherhood, sisterhood, we, you know, whatever we want to call it, but that thing that I'm preaching on, community. I think the church should be leading people in community. Um, and even through the process, I was saved when I joined that. Um, and even through the process, I would tell people, man, this is great. I'm getting to know a lot of people really good, but there's no brother like a brother in Christ. And, you know, that kind of can sound cheesy if people have have heard that for a long time, but there's really no other way to put it. There is no camaraderie like that amongst Christians, amongst fellow believers. It doesn't exist because this is as deep as it gets, and that's awesome. That's awesome that we get to be a part of that, and so we should be leading that. Um, So why is community important? Why is community important? First, community is necessary for personal growth. Here's what I mean by that. It's in community that we grow as better people, in Proverbs 27, 17, um, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. An example of this in my life is Pastor Brandon. You know, Pastor Brandon is somebody that, that I hold myself accountable to um, in a sense, and, and I do a lot of growing. We do a lot of growing together. He's somebody that I trust. He's earned the right to speak into my life, you know, and, and I really trust what he tells me. And just a quick story, you know, a a ways back, probably, I guess, about a year ago, a friend of mine that I used to train with at a gym that I I used to work at, he had sent me a link on a private message on Facebook. And it was about one UFC fighter making fun of another UFC fighter. It was a little video clip, and it was hilarious, okay? So I watched it, and it was funny. Look, funny is funny. Well, I posted it and didn't think anything of it, and there was one part throughout the whole thing that was probably too inappropriate, you know, and and didn't think anything of it. Well, man, you know, Pastor Brandon calls me. He's like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" Oh, nothing, man, just small talk. And and so he said, "Hey, I seen what you posted." And I said, "Yeah, wasn't that hilarious?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was pretty funny until I got to about a minute and a half in. Do you remember that part?" And when he said it, it's man, it hit me. Man, why did I post that? Y'all ever do something you like? God, I was stupid. What did I, why didn't I think of that? Well, that was one of those moments. Now, if somebody else that I didn't really know had, would, have, would have called me and said, hey, man, why'd you post that? My reaction probably would have been, because I wanted to, you know, none of your business, or something like that. But it's because we developed camaraderie. We developed a community amongst each other to where, man, he could speak into my life. I value what he says. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, the second reason is encouragement. Um, We all need encouragement in life. It doesn't matter if you're a strong person or if you would say you're a weak person. Um, If you've got a high self-esteem or a low self-esteem, it don't matter who you are. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Um, Proverbs 16.24 says this, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bone. How many of you like when somebody tells you something nice about yourself? If anybody says that they don't like that, they're lying. So (laughs) if you like that, then this is for you. Um, Hebrews 10.25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see that day approaching. So here we read in Hebrews it's telling us to, to meet up together, be in a habit of doing that, and, and most importantly, spur one another on towards love and good deeds, encouraging one another later in the verse it says, encouraging one another. So encouragement. Third is accountability. In community, we have friends to speak through lies that may be told to us. You know, it's so easy to believe a lie. Um, it's so easy to 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 maybe not have a lot of confidence in an area or... You know, think, man, I just don't know if I'm good enough to do that, or it's easy to have that. Well, if you don't have community and you don't have friends who can speak into your life, well you forfeit that encouragement, right? You you, you can forfeit that encouragement and you can forfeit that accountability, right? Um, in Proverbs fifteen twenty-two, talking about accountability, it says plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. So you can't have many advisors if you don't put value on community, on opening up to people and, and having friends and stuff, right? So a little story about that. You know, I had felt like being I felt like I was called to be a pastor for years. And I would go back and forth on that. I would battle that a lot. And it wasn't it wasn't a uh it wasn't a lack of clarity, really. It just like I said before. It wasn't what I had really planned for my life. Well, when I was really considering it about six months ago, they didn't have an opening uh, here to be a pastor. I felt like God was just really, really laying it on me, really calling me into ministry. I was dreaming about it. It just just didn't make sense. Well, I said, well, I don't want to ask anybody in ministry uh, what their opinion is because I don't want it to be swayed. You know, I feared that man might be kind of swayed. Somebody might say, well, yeah, you should do ministry because they're in ministry and just being real. And and I didn't want to ask anybody in my family or in business because I felt like they would have said, "Well, man, you have this really good business opportunity. You know, you should do that. And so I looked around at, at all the friends that I had to pick from, and I, I had a friend, so I called her. I knew she'd be unbiased. I knew she would just shoot me straight, and and so I called her, and, uh, and and these are pretty much almost exact words. She said, Brady, you aren't confused. You aren't confused or unclear on what God is saying. You're just running from it, and I trusted her to, to, to speak into my life, and when she said that, she was right. I mean, I, I knew it was right before she said it, but when she said it, Boom. And so I had that accountability. That was the third thing. So fourth is camaraderie. We defined that earlier, camaraderie. Um, In community, we have friends to pick us up when we fall in life. Okay, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So I love this verse because to me it addresses not only the necessity of community, but what can happen if you don't have community. You know, I've met people who say, you know, Brady, I don't, I don't think it's necessary for me to have a whole lot of friends or for me to really have friends. I got, I got family, you know, and that's great. That's great. It's great to have family, but you need to have friends. You need to have friends. You need to have community. We have that right here. We just got to continue to build on it, right? You can never be perfect. You can always build on what you got. So that's why I'm preaching this message. So, you know, now that we talked about the importance of community, let's talk about how not to have it, you know, or what What can we do to kill community? Maybe some things that, that uh sometimes we, we struggle with, you know, I, I can struggle with, everybody can struggle with these next couple points. The first point is, is gossip and slander. So gossip and slander, that can kill community, right? So gossip. Gossip simply is this, you know, talking about somebody behind their back, um, sharing secrets that were entrusted to you, and spreading information that should be kept private. You know, that's whenever you trust something with a friend, you know, that you really don't want nobody else to tell, but you got to say it. And so you tell them, you confide in them, not thinking they're going to go and tell somebody else, and the next thing you know, 10 people know about it. Man, that's crushing. That kills community because if community requires you to be vulnerable and, and open to people, how are you ever going to do that if you can't trust people, right? And so that's what's so bad about gossip and slander. Slander is, is spreading lies. Slander is all false false things, uh making things up about people that make them look bad. You know, so gossip and slander huge killers and Proverbs 20:19 says, "A gossip betrays a confidence." Like we just said, so avoid a man who talks too much. So in this case, it's talking about who talks about things in private too much. If you if you read on the, um, is that where I'm looking for? Commentary. Yeah, in commentary, it, it talked a lot about that, that the talks too much part is it's not like, oh, man, a guy talks a lot, makes friends. That's not the thing. It's to it's share too much information. Second point, selfish ambition. Okay, this is the I'll step on anyone to get where I want attitude. You know that's the that's the attitude that's rooted in pride. Uh, it's only caring about oneself and not other people. Um, and and you know we can we can easily fall into that. But even as I say that, some people might be coming to your mind that you might have got stepped on before, and that's an instant um, community killer. You can't trust that person, so you can't build community there, right? Um, Philippians two. Three through four says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. The third one is fear, okay? Fear can get in the way of building community. And some people who are more outgoing might say, well, man, what's so scary about building community. Why is that scary? But some people who are more introverted might say, man, I can understand, you know, I can understand being fearful of building community, you know? So here's the thing about fear. There's there's fear of rejection. You know, what if you extend yourself to somebody um, to, to maybe start a friendship or or something like that, and, and they're not really feeling like starting a friendship with you? Man, that can be a little rejecting, you know? Um Fear of being wronged. You know, we talked about gossip and slander. If you've been gossiped about or slandered several times before, well, you could have a fear of, of being wrong. You could say, well, man, you know, I have a sour taste in my mouth from friendships. And so I'm not really looking to invest in any new friendships, right? And then there's the fear of being vulnerable to people. You know, if you've been gossiped or slandered or or stepped on or any of those things like we had talked about Man, you could say, you know, I, I don't think I really want to be open to anybody anymore. That's that's not something I'm interested in. You know, I don't want that to happen again. And so those three things, rejection, being wronged, and, and be, the fear of being vulnerable can all get in the way of building community. In in 1 Timothy 1, seven, God says this, or Timothy says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a self-discipline. So power, love, oops, boom, Uh, uh, power, love, and self-discipline. And lastly, um, now that we covered how to or why to have community, how to kill community, let's talk about how do we build community. Cool? So first step is be real. You can't develop friendships and and build community if you're not real, if you don't be real with people, right? Right? So we have to be willing to be real with people. Friendships require different levels of openness and vulnerability. So an illustration of this is, uh, is my best friend um, his name is Aaron, okay when I first met Aaron we met we met at a gym we would train together at and it, it just started off you know like I talked about different levels of openness and vulnerability. you don't go and meet somebody and then right when you meet them, you're ready to tell them all your deepest darkest secrets that's and if you do, don't do that. <laughs> okay. So so when I met Aaron, it was very surface level, you know. We would train together a lot and we'd talk after we finished training. And and this is before I was saved or before he was saved. And so we, we did a whole lot of partying together back in the day and all that type of stuff. And eventually I found out about Family Life Church from his mom. That's how I ended up here. The long of the short is this the whole depth of Aaron and I's friendship. We, we were tra- we were training partners. I ended up getting saved over here because his mom referred me here. He got saved about three months later uh, because I would just tell him about stuff going on in my life in a real way. Again, being real, just man, I I don't know why I don't want to go out anymore. I, I just I just don't, or I don't know why I don't want to smoke weed anymore. I just don't, or you know. It didn't make sense, but he saw how real it was. He saw the real change. And so three months later, he gets saved. Well, then we didn't know anything about Christianity. We heard, well, man, next year you got to get baptized. And so we got baptized together. And then we joined Pike. Well, he was already a member of Pike before he got saved. Well, I wanted to do a life group, and I had been getting recruited into that fraternity. And so I joined the fraternity under him. And so me and him were fraternity brothers. Uh, we led life groups together in a fraternity. Um, I was his best man in his wedding, the whole nine yards. Man, me and Aaron, over the course of time, we developed a, a friendship. And, and there's two verses that, that describe Aaron and I's friendship. And it's all as a result of us just being real, okay? These two verses, Proverbs eighteen twenty four, says, There are friends who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And in Proverbs seventeen seventeen, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, over the course of Aaron and I's friendship, we had tons of times uh, of adversity. But man, we, we we always grew from that. You know, and so that's something that you can build from investing in in, in somebody. Most people have friends that they met that they met when they were young kids, you know, in, in the single digits, and, and that's great. Not many people meet new people once they get older and develop those super tight friendships, but it's possible. Second thing is be open to diversity. You know, understand that someone doesn't have to be just like you to be your friend. Um, You see that a lot, that that naturally happens. You know, if if I'm into, you know, boxing and 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 martial arts, that's how me and Aaron met, and so we have a lot in common. Me and Aaron have a lot in common, but i have I said I had one best friend, I really have two best friends. The other one is my childhood best friend. His name is Chase. growing up with chase, man we met we were two years old. We have nothing in common. He is extremely intelligent, extremely book smart. I struggled in school, okay, I was always athletic he wasn't that athletic. And so we just had different strengths and different weaknesses. We lived next door to each other. Well, going to school, um, I hung out with different types of people. He hung out with different types of people. We literally, I don't know if we have any common interests other than like fishing and hunting, but for everything else in life, we have no common interests, but we grew up best of friends. It was It was like the weirdest thing, but we were open to the diversity of who we were. Does that make sense? So we're open to diversity. Number three, you can't have thin skin. How many of you ever heard of that saying, having thin skin? Okay, so what thin skin means is it means that you're easily offended, right? It means you're easily offended. Um, in Proverbs 19.11, it says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Have you ever met somebody that is super easily offended? Like you don't have to say much and, man, they just mad at you real quick. You ever met somebody like that? Okay, cool. Um, You pointing? Okay. (laughs) Okay, um, I was calling them out. No, um, okay, so sorry. Um, So, yeah, don't be that person. Don't be that person. That offense leads to bitterness and resentment and bitterness and resentment that produces unforgiveness and so joyce myers y'all have y'all have probably heard this before but joyce myers said this about unforgiveness right holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die have y'all ever heard that before right and so that is that is what happens when people are just easily offended people are just easily offended but don't be easily offended but the fourth point Don't be too hard on people. Don't be too hard on people. You know, especially in Christian circles, we can be hard on people, guys. You know, I can be hard on people. Um, I could tell tons of stories about that and then realize, man, I was way too harsh. we got to be careful not to be that way. People aren't perfect, and and we we all going to make mistakes. we all going to make mistakes. Colossians 3.13 says, you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Also, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Have you ever met somebody that is very, very harsh? They're very harsh with people, but they seem that it seems like people are harsh with them too. You ever met somebody like that, like a harsh person who seems to always be getting people harsh back at him? Or someone who's easily offended, but sin seems to offend other people, right? Usually that's right here. That's what Galatians is talking about. A man reaps what he sows, right? Fifth point, and there's six total points if you're wondering. Fifth point, empathize with people. You have to put yourself in other people's shoes. You know, this will help you meet people right where they are. So a scripture verse that talks a lot about this is Romans twelve fifteen. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know, being vulnerable and being open and building community with people, building friendships with people, you're going to get to points to where you'll be super excited and your friend might not be super excited. Empathize with that person and they're going to do the same in return with you. And then lastly, affirm each other. This is one of the biggest community builders right here. Words of affirmation. Here's what that means. You know, um, people are really quick to point out faults. Do y'all find that? Do y'all find that? People are really quick to point out bad things, but they're slow to point out good things. And, and again, we all do that. You know, if the waitress brings the wrong food, they're going to hear about it. You know, if, if if the if your food's hot, too hot or too cold, typically they're going to hear about it. But they don't always hear about. It. I see some waitresses in here, but they don't always hear about it um, if they do a good job you know because people are expected to do, to do a good job but reprimanded when they do a bad job. And so instead, it's our job as Christians and in Christian communities to build each other up. In 1 Thessalonians 5:11 it says, "So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing." So, in closing, last week we did those interviews and um and the, the questions were were pretty shallow and um and pretty funny and so next week we're going to do them again and uh the leadership team and I we're going to come up with the questions it's not going to be super deep okay i promise you guys don't come next week and or don't not come next week cuz you think it's going to be weird and uncomfortable okay it won't be um but next week what we're going to be doing is having another round of that and uh and and The reason is, like I said last week, we're worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords right next to each other. That's the God that created this universe. That's huge, right? We're we're praying to him right next to each other. We spend every Wednesday night right next to each other. And some of us don't even know each other's parents' names. And some of us don't even know each other's names, you know? (laughs) Some of us don't even know each other's names, And so I want to get beyond that surface level that's healthy. Don't let fear, like I said earlier, we don't inherit a spirit of fear. Don't let fear cause you to to be skeptical about that exercise. What y'all will find is the deeper you, you go with each other and the deeper you go with God, the deeper we get as a group. Does that make sense? Okay. So don't run off next time. Come out. Don't let fear get in the way of that. If anybody's kind of skeptical about those uh those interview things, don't be, okay? It's not gonna be I don't want y'all to think we're getting super deep and you gotta share your deepest, darkest secrets. It won't be like that. And uh and again, the leaders are coming up with it. So if y'all don't like the questions, blame the leaders. All right. All right, well, we're gonna close in prayer and um and y'all can stick around. If y'all have any questions, suggestions, or anything like that, we'd love to hear it. Cool. All right. All right, let's pray. Hey, Jesus, Lord, I just pray that that you would just send your Holy Spirit just to expound on the message tonight. Lord, I just pray that as people would leave, they would think about what was spoken here. If there's any area that needs to be developed in anybody's life, God, I pray that you would highlight that to them. Lord, I pray that as they would leave, they would desire to have more community amongst each other in here—not just amongst people that that they naturally have community with, but maybe people that aren't a whole lot like them. God, Lord, I just pray that you would just build a stronger community amongst us. God, we can never, we can never stop growing. Lord, I just pray that you would anoint this this, this building, God, for community. I pray that you would anoint these people for community. Lord, we just want to grow in relationships with with each other and with you. And if we do that, God, we know that we'll grow as a whole. So Lord, I just pray that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray also over everybody, over everybody's schooling. Lord, just give everybody wisdom. Give everybody knowledge, Lord. Give everybody favor. Just continue to give everybody favor with their teachers, God, with, with classmates, Lord, and And just anoint their their minds to learn what they're supposed to be learning right now, Lord. And and I just pray into the personal lives as well of everybody represented here today. God, I just pray that you would speak and meet each person right where they are. God, I pray that you would give them direction and guidance and everything that each person is dealing with in here. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.